It's not always easy to find the positive. You might even need to search for happiness. Sometimes, just a little inspiration makes the difference. Here, it comes from unexpected places. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast. Hi, I'm Teresa. And I'm Amy. We are two ordinary moms looking for inspiration wherever we can find it. So last week, we started our celebration of National Women's Month with Melissa Stockwell, the Iraq veteran who had lost a leg and is now a paratriathlete. And I also talked about Kia Brown, the black. Which were both were so good. Super inspiring yeah. ladies. But my takeaway for last week was Kia's word, ambitious, and not letting people, not letting the world get you down. And it was funny because I start the week with this, you start on a high note, and the week kind of gets to you. And working at the door of Costco Aww. during COVID can be a little bit stressful. I love people. I'm very much a people person. I want to be all over. But I had a gentleman leaving and he leaned in. I thought he was going to have a question about the store. But instead he's like, did you go to college to oh get this job at Costco? Oh my goodness. I was speechless, which never happens for me. But I was like, actually, I did go to college. Then he replied to me. Well, did you get your master's degree? And that that took me back to Kia Brown when she was in the music store and that lady came up to her and made her feel more disabled than she was. She she didn't notice her disability as much until people pointed it out to her. And with this guy, it just made me feel very inferior. And I am in no way comparing my situation to a disability, but I just, it left me with that soul-crushing feeling of... Why would you do that? Yeah. Why would you even address that? I did go to college, but I had to remind myself backing up that it was his issue. Exactly. Not mine. So I could choose to focus on him and how he made me feel and how, how just crappy that made me feel for someone to ask that. Right. Yeah. Or I could focus on, there was a sweet guy at the entrance door who, when he came in and, you know, showed me his card, he's like, have a great day. I I could choose to focus on this jerk or the nice guy. And I need to be better about focusing on the nice guy. And, And so it did, it circled back to Kia Brown and not letting people in the world get me down. Dolly Parton inspired my feel-good find this week with a couple of people that I found. First, a teenager making a COVID quilt. Oh. Which she's, I think she's now 14 at the time she was 13 when she started it, but she wanted to show respect for lives lost to the coronavirus. She started it back in April 2020 as a community action project for her school. And social media made it more than just a project at Buckley School in Sherwood Oaks, California. With the help of her mom and her textile teacher, she crafted like 25 panels and pieces eight inches by eight inches in between to symbolize infinity and that energy keeps going. Uh, Families, super cool. And she's, you know, both of these people are very young. Families mailed in their contributions. So a family member that they had lost to COVID. And some of them were drawings or notes. Some people had iron on like photos of a family member that they had lost to COVID. But all of them had a letter included with something about their family member. So she just got to read all these stories about these people. So far she's collected, um, she's made 125 squares and she wants to display her COVID memorial quilt around the country. Oh, 
cool. Very cool. Just her way, I mean, very unique way to memorialize these people. It's already been shown at California Science Center in Los Angeles, and she's hoping to take it around the country, which I have no doubt. I have no doubt it will happen because her mom actually was part of the NAMES project. And when I looked this up, thinking that that was an acronym, it, it, it wasn't an acronym, but it was a project 35 years ago for families and friends affected by HIV and AIDS and had lost a loved one to the disease. And it was at a time, you know, this is 35 years ago, people, yeah. that was taboo. You didn't talk about right. it. Or if you did, there was something that they did wrong. It There's so much stigma. Absolutely, with back that. in the day. So yeah. I, I admire this. So I have no doubt that her quilt is going to make it around the country for people to remember their loved ones. One of my favorite contributions, this probably is my favorite, from Jay Bushman. He sent in a photo of his father that he had ironed on to this panel and a quote from his favorite Star Trek episode, (laughs) which I'm not a Trekkie, but I love this quote. Make now always the most precious time. Now will never come again. Which I just so fitting. Right. Seize the day. Yeah, exactly. My other find is a 12-year-old boy in Scarsdale, New York. So Dolly Parton is encouraging the vaccine. And I don't know if you saw the video of her oh, yes. singing Jolene. Right. But instead, she's changed it to vaccine. I did. And her, her, her public service announcement with it just super cute. Totally. And calling out the cowards that are not going to get the vaccine. So she's promoting in her way, and this young man, Sam Koosh, with the help of his dad, has set up a website to get elderly people vaccinated. Oh. So with the elderly generation, they just, they don't have the computer skills to sign up to get dates for the vaccine. So many of them are having a difficulty getting the life-saving vaccine. After watching his dad help get his grandparents' appointments, he decided to help others in his community. It started with people in their temple, and he was kind of toying with the idea of it being his bar mitzvah project, which it still might be. It grew from there, and I saw on his website that he has helped get 1,650 people vaccine appointments. That's awesome. In, wow, the New York area. Huge. That's huge. So one of those people was a neighbor who survived the Holocaust. She has cancer. She needs to go through chemo, but first she needed to get her vaccine. She needed to get inoculated, and she was having a hard time making an appointment, but Sam got her an appointment. So how awesome is that? totally totally cool. Then there was another high school freshman that I saw on your favorite show. I didn't see this, but (laughs) I'm looking online. He was on your favorite show, which is... The Today the Show. show. <laughs> um, discussing his project called Chicago Vaccine Angels. Benjamin Kagan has helped get his grandparents' appointments, and then he saw the need in others. And he's, with his website, he has 50 volunteers, and they, as of February 23rd, have helped secure 250 vaccine appointments. That's so, incredible. I mean, just... Think of all of those families of just from the 250 getting to have a little peace of mind. I also saw an eighth grader named Eli Kustin. I'm probably mispronouncing all of these names, but he created a website to help people get appointments. And he even got a Spanish translator. Oh, wow. To help with that. Yeah. So I just think it's so 
just all the feels to see these young people out there helping us get through this extremely difficult time. Yeah, especially the elderly people, too, you know. They just... don't know the ins and outs of the Internet and what a perfect way for young people to help out because they most certainly do. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I think it's kind of funny. So I have, I've told you probably every day I tell you when we're running. Wild Words from Wild Women. It's a calendar that every day it kind of gives you little tidbits. And I thought it was funny that on uh, March 9th, 1959, Mattel introduced the first Barbie doll. Oh, that's one. And the thing that, the whole reason I find it ironic is that March is National Women's Month. And so we, you know, we're focusing on women for the month and yet... The most, uh, I don't know. My mom I, wouldn't I, let me have a Barbie. Uh, my mom wanted me to play with Barbies, but um, it was not my thing. So, anyway, I just thought that was interesting. But my person, well, first, what comes to mind when you hear the name Dolly Parton? I, okay, good. <laughs> I'm glad this is your answer. Because um, I don't think that's most what most people would say, but I love it. I saw her interviewed by Reese Witherspoon on Aww. Reese's show, Shine On. I've not seen that one. Okay, you need to go back and watch because yeah. it's it's so good. But and I'm sad there's only one season of that show because it's literally like the best. Unfortunately, in the season, she interviewed Pink. Oh, so at least I got to see my icon on there, right? Um, but Dolly Parton was Reese Witherspoon's idol growing up, and uh, when she was preparing the audience for the interview, she explained how much she loved Dolly Parton, uh-huh. and like. She performed 9 to 5 in her high school musical. Oh, I love the movie. Did you see the movie? I have not seen the movie. Oh. Now I kind of want to yeah, just because cute. of all the stuff that's yeah. been talked about. But but that was the level of fangirl that Reese Witherspoon was with Dolly Parton. I did not understand that obsession at all and just chalked it up as a Southern thing. Dolly Parton is so opposite of everything I am that I really didn't care to take the time to learn about her. She probably would be very excited with a Barbie. I mean, I know she didn't grow up with a Barbie, but but she probably would love the whole Barbie thing. <laughs> but I read that she donated a million dollars to the COVID-19 vaccine research. That's so cool. And I'm like, thank you, Dolly. Because I got my first shot last week. Oh, God. And it was I'm Moderna. I'm so happy for you. Yeah, that's I'm awesome. super excited. And it was the same one that she, that she donated to. And then I also read about her imagination library. So those both, it kind of, I was like, I need to learn a little bit more about Dolly. And oh my gosh, I totally see why Reese Witherspoon worshipped this woman growing up. Her book's a super quick, quick read and a fun glimpse into her world. But she grew up extremely poor. Her parents paid the doctor with a bag of grain for oh. her birth. And I say a bag of grain because yeah. I read places where it was cornmeal and then other places... It uh, said it was oatmeal. So either way, it was a bag of grain. It wasn't money. Yeah. They had no indoor plumbing, which she talks about a lot because she's like, if you wanted to, yeah, we had running water. You had to run to get the water. She's just quick that way. But they had no indoor plumbing with 12 kids. Oh, my goodness. 12 kids. Think about that for a second. I, I went back and looked at, because um, now it's kind of like she's spent a lot of money making her childhood home look kind of like, like it did growing up. And there's like one, one bed in the house. They had 12 kids. Oh my there's one yeah. bed in the house. Yeah. There's like, 
a table. It it's yeah, you should go look it up. Maybe do not accept the cookies because now they're like, come see them. Yeah, I keep getting stuff from, come see the Smoky Mountains. But her childhood home, wow. I, so how big do you think it was? A couple hundred square feet? Or can you tell? Does it give I, you I an idea? I can't really tell, but I'm just trying to it, had, it had like a stove okay. to keep them warm. And then it had a table. It had the bed. The porch did have, you know, they could sit out on the porch if they wanted to. You should just go look it up. It was, I will do that. It was yeah. very small and blew me away with them having 12 children in that house. Her father couldn't read or write, but her mother read stories from the Bible, and that's what sparked Dolly's interest in reading. Her grandfather was a Pentecostal oh, preacher, wow. which I didn't know. Yeah, it doesn't seem. Yeah. <laughs> and young Dolly had been told that makeup was a sin. Uh-oh. Which is shocking, because think of Dolly Burton. Right. She nope. loves her makeup. And she didn't understand that. She loved everything glam. Painted nails, bright lipstick, big hair, like you said, the blonde yeah. hair. Big hair and high heels. And, like, you have to remember, this girl didn't have a TV. Wow. So these images were things she was coming up at, from Bible stories with kings and queens. So she okay. would think about that. And then what they would call, you know, trashy ladies in town, which she thought it looked really good. Yeah. And anyway, she'd use burned match stick oh my to, for yeah. her eyeliner. And pokey berries for lipstick. It must have just stained her lips. And then honeysuckle flowers for perfume. She's creative. Very resourceful child. That could be like some <laughs> organic thing today. It probably would be popular today. <laughs> but she loved God and didn't Aww. see it as sinful. At the same time, she made sure to wash her face before she saw her grandpa Aww. and her mama. She learned some hard lessons growing up, and her music reflects that, which I, I wasn't aware of until kind of digging for this. But I found a show on Netflix called Dolly's Heartstrings, and one person noted that with the eight episodes that are on there, you'll shed eight types of tears. <sighs> so the woman has lived a full life in her 75 years, that's for sure. All the episodes are after a song she's written and the story behind the song, which oh, I think is really super neat. cool. Yeah. So now it's on my list to watch, of course. And also on my list to watch is a 2015 movie called Dolly Parton's Code of Many Colors. Oh, I... Yeah. With Ricky Schroeder. Okay. So you crushed on Johnny from Karate Kid. <laughs> and I crushed big time on Ricky Schroeder oh. and Silver Spoons. That was a cute show, too. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. But I went back and listened to the song, Code of Many Colors, and it tells... Dolly's story. That's one thing that is fun about country music. It really does tell the story. Right, yeah. Rather than, you know, some of my other modern music that I like. But her mom had made her a coat out of rags that people had given them. And she was super proud of the coat. She loved it. She thought it looked really pretty. And in her naivety, she had no idea that the kids would make fun of her. Oh. So, yeah, yeah she, she sings that they would have, they'd make fun of her. After she was so proud of this coat. Because her mom, who she loved, had put all this time and effort into what she saw as a beautiful and coat. Making their hands. You can think I about know. a quilt or, you know, something. So much work. Yeah. And it, so she sings that you can have all the money in the world but not be happy. And you're only poor if you choose to be. Which I thought was a pretty remarkable thing to take away from such a painful experience. I can't even imagine poor little Dolly... Being all excited about this coat, going to school, and then having kids make fun of her. Yeah. 
She later was introduced by Johnny Cash, who I guess was her first crush. (laughs) At the Grand Ole Opry with her uncle, Bill Owens, in 1959, and she was just 13. I guess they received three encores. Pretty impressive. Wow, that's really impressive. Yeah. Her book encouraged dreaming. So the book that I was talking about was Dolly Parton's Dream More. Celebrate the dreamer in you. And uh, that's just what she did. On her graduation night, all the seniors were asked to share their post-high school plans. Some said that they were going to get married and start a family. Others said they were going to move to Knoxville and get a job, which I'm assuming was the closest big town. Yeah. And Dolly said she was going to go to Nashville. She was going to be a star. They laughed at her, which... Yeah. Yeah, just... That kind of reminds me of Kelly Clarkson. She knew. They, yeah. they know that that's what they're going to do. They're confident. They're so passionate about it. They don't care. Right. I mean, they care, but they get past it. Uh, yeah, I'd book it to the car. <laughs> I would, too, and I'd be like, maybe they're right. Maybe they, maybe they know something I don't know is what I would be saying to myself. But her bags were already packed, and she didn't let it dull her enthusiasm. The morning after graduation, she headed to Nashville, which I love. She had a dream, and she followed it. After the treatment she received from her hometown when she was growing up, I think it would be easy to write them off when she made it big. I would just, you know, not even worry about them. But that's not her style. And I so admire that this lady has her own moral compass that's too strong for anything to take her off course. She doesn't budge. She knows what she wants, and she sticks with it. She wanted to do something for the Smoky Mountains where she grew up. Even if that's, you know, those people teased her when she was growing up. Dolly Parton was disappointed to hear that going into the early 90s, dropout rates in Sevier County, probably not pronouncing that right, where she grew up were extremely high. Like, mm. we're talking, I read everywhere from 30%. One one site said that it was hovering around 35%. Wow. These kids were dropping out of school before high school graduation And Dolly and her foundation, Dollywood Foundation, um, came up with a strategy. After researching the problem, they decided that kids needed to be targeted by middle school since that's when they determined students were most impressionable. So Dolly invited 7th and 8th graders to an assembly hall in Dollywood and made the kids a deal. She wanted them to find a buddy, which I think all of this is just brilliant, and make a pact to graduate from high school. If both partners in this buddy system graduated, they would be awarded $500 personally from Dolly. And she noted it wasn't a lot of money, but it was a little incentive for the kids to stay in school. And for those two classes in this buddy system, the dropout rate fell to 6%. Wow. So from 30, you know, say, you know, conservatively, 30% to 6%. Super impressive. So that accountability had an yeah, impact. It, it definitely did. She, They were brilliant with this concept. But um, she was hoping the state would take on the idea. But instead, they didn't follow. But it did encourage the Severville, East Tennessee County to look into alternative ways to try to keep kids in school. So in that way, it also was a success. In 1995, she launched Imagination Library. In Sevier County, Tennessee, where she grew up. Her inspiration for it was her daddy. Oh. Her book, Everything's yeah. Daddy or Mama. No. Yeah. Even though it's not, that's not my language, but yeah, for her daddy. She witnessed the pain her dad experienced from illiteracy, and she wanted to do something about it. Imagination Library started in 1995 with just one county giving away free books to kids, preschool age to kindergarten, 
And 25 years later, it has chapters all across the U.S., Canada, the U.K., Australia, and Ireland. Wow. Not too shabby for a woman who grew up with one book in her house. One book. The Bible. No kidding. Seriously. The first year they started, they sent out around 1,000 books. Since then, as of November 2020, they had donated 148 million books. Oh. These kids so look forward to their books from Dolly every month in the mail, and each of them are given a final welcome to kindergarten book oh, at the end cute. of the program. Super cute. And I think it's a brilliant way to start kids off. For sure. I mean, because these start, kids are start, can read in kindergarten yeah. these days. I mean, you well, know. Well, and she saw that too often kids were entering school at a disadvantage because either the parents were too busy working, you know, a couple jobs to make right. ends meet or they couldn't afford books. So this was her way to try to help that and bridge the the gap between kids that were starting at a disadvantage and the ones that were starting early with all the advantages. I love in an interview she gave to NPR about the Imagination Library where she noted that if you can read, you can always learn. And she's absolutely right. You can't always afford an advanced education, but you can be a lifelong learner of everything, anything you want to learn about. You can do it if you can read. And obviously, I'm paraphrasing her interview. But I loved that her point was that we need to get people reading so that they can learn for the rest of their lives. I think it helps with everything from being more compassionate Mm -hmm. to understanding other people and maybe another skin color or another gender or just be more understanding of other people. I think it stems back Empathy, to yeah, yeah, absolutely. Being able to to read and 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 get in their head, I guess. Can you guess the one thing her dad was most proud of with Dolly? With, with Dolly. Dolly, okay. I don't know her music. I don't know. You, you would think. I mean, it wasn't that she was the fame, the, but yeah. In his lifetime, she did very well, but it wasn't the Grand Ole Opry. Or the television show that she was on, because she was on the Porter Wagner show. Oh, okay. But his most proud thing related to Dolly was that she started the Imagination Library. And I'm with her dad on that one. I'm, you know, I'm not a country music fan. And the Barbie doll look is (laughs) definitely, definitely not for me. So I'm not super inspired by the outside Dolly, but I'm moved by the inside Dolly. She noted that she looks so fake on the outside, that's why she has to make up for it with her character. And she's reminding us to not judge a book by its cover, which is probably exactly what I was doing It's before. an interesting twist. It's usually the other way around. It, seriously. And I think, I think I wasn't that, you know, impressed with Dolly because I'm like, she's so Barbie. She's so fake. She's so plastic. Which I'm doing exactly what she's saying here. And then the more I learn, the more I want to be like Dolly, which is, oh, yeah. is pretty funny. I'm very ironic. She follows her heart, regardless what others say, think, or do. And I need more of that. She clearly has a very deep faith, but it's definitely not in a traditional sense. And I I love that, too. She knows her faith. She knows who she is. She's not going to let anybody steer her another way. So I, I just love that. I read that she was asked in 1997 why her fan base was so diverse. The gay community loves her, and the religious right loves her. Not something you often see. Actually, I can't think of another time I've seen it. But she responded saying, They are two different worlds, and I live in both. And I love them both, and I understand and accept them both. Yeah. 
And that's why I love Dolly. Well, she loves people. She loves people. She doesn't care about, you know, as long as they're being decent. She wouldn't say this about, you know, a child abuser or whatever. As long as they're being decent people, she loves people. She's amazingly talented, smart as a whip, quick with comebacks, and confident in who she is. She, uh, I love that vaccine where she's saying, don't be a coward. Don't be chicken. Yeah. Go get your vaccine. And she's helping. out. (laughs) She is. In her own way, mm-hmm. she still she loves them, but she's going to call them out. She's helping spark readers all over the world, but I admire her for seeking her north, not taking herself too seriously. That's the other thing I super admire. I want to be more like Dolly to not take herself. So, she doesn't take herself too seriously, and she follows her heart, which I think we all could do. She's not caught up in drama. Doesn't waste her energy judging others or worrying about what everyone thinks about her. She's too busy for that. And in ways that reminded me of Shanti a few weeks ago and his windshield. Oh, yeah. Dolly spends a little time looking in her rearview mirror just to know her roots. But she dreams big looking out that windshield. She focuses her energy on things that matter, which reminded me so much of Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa once said that if you judge people, you have no time to love them. Mm. These two women couldn't be more different, yet they share the same message. Don't judge. Just love. That's why Dolly can get along with drag queens and preachers. She's not worried about judging. She's focused on living and loving, which I think we all could take a lesson from. Just some funny facts that I I learned about Dolly. She entered a lookalike contest in <laughs> Santa Monica Beach, and I think it was a drag queen show. But she like went all out, tried to win, and she said she lost. No way. Claims that she didn't even come close to winning in a Dolly Parton oh. lookalike. Yes. That's hilarious. She has more than 300 wigs. I think that wow. she wants to get 365 so that she can have one for every day. She is the fourth oldest of the 12 kids. Okay. She wrote a cookbook called Dolly's Dixie Fixins. Oh. <laughs> Love, laughter, and lots of good food. 125 Southern-inspired recipes. I was super excited because it said, you know, different restaurants she had been to while touring. She was going to use some recipes that her mom made. Like, it was so, like, all all things Dolly. And I clicked on it on Amazon, and it was close to $800. Oh. And originally, when I looked up, I'm like, oh, this is great. It goes to Dollywood Foundation, but it's out of print. It was, like, oh, from 2006. Okay. This is a collector's. It, it is. I, it wasn't intended to be a collector's, but at this point... Because it is an older cookbook, it's no longer in print. Right. Now the ones that are out there, you're going to pay a penny for to get them. So I will not be buying the dollies. <laughs> Your husband will, will not get to test those. In 2020, she had a holiday-themed line at Williams-Sonoma. Oh, wow. Which now I want to go. Yeah, I When go Christmas comes yeah. around, I want to go look, look it up. Her childhood home didn't have electricity. I already talked to you about the running water. But the kids would go catch fireflies and put them in mason jars to cast some light in the house. Oh, that's cute. Um, very cute. When I was reading that to my son, he was like, that's cruel. But, you know, they just were kids. And I love those. <laughs> we had those in Texas, fireflies. I remember those. I think I only, I, I've seen them in Germany, but... But, you know, it's been so long, maybe it was something else that I saw. In the mid-2000s, Dollywood, which her amusement park had participated in gay days to celebrate the LGBTQ community and provide a welcoming environment for those families. In doing that, she received death threats from the KKK. (sighs) 
But Dolly didn't scare her. She moved on because she just loves people. She has her list of charities is similar to Kelly Clarkson. It's just enormous, including the Barbara Davis Center for Childhood Diabetes, Save the Music Foundation. There's a boot camp campaign. I loved one quote, and it's kind of funny because, you know, I said that when she was graduating from high school, she said she was moving to Nashville to be a star. Yeah. And then now she said, her she had a quote that said, I love that she doesn't want to be a star. A star is nothing but a big ball of gas, and I don't <laughs> want to be that. So I love that now, you know, it's come around full circle. She is the superstar. I mean, she oh, yeah. is Dolly Parton. For and in sure. fact, with Kesha... I didn't realize that Kesha, so she sang a song with Kesha oh. on her Rainbow okay. album or CD or whatever now that we call it, which I, I do love Kesha's music and I have played a ton of it in classes, but she sang a song, Old Flames or something with Kesha that okay. Kesha's mom had written oh. for Dolly Parton back in 1980. Oh. So it's just, it, it's fun. I love fun, those all connections. I love that her and her husband have been married 57 years. Wow. And she met Carl outside of the wishy-washy laundromat back in the day. He was 21 at the time. She was 18. He drove by, and he noticed her as well in his big white pickup truck, and she said it was love at first sight. I can just picture that. Very cute. But she's got Dollywood. Okay. The Dollywood Foundation, too. So she's got a... It's like an amusement park in the Smoky Mountains. Oh. So, like I said, now with all the cookies, they keep sending me all the stuff saying, you got to come check out the Smoky Mountains. Got a trip planned so, since yeah, COVID's over. Once COVID is over, and I don't know that, how my yeah. folks would feel about that, but they've got Dollywood with all sorts of roller coasters and whatnot. She has not been on any of them because she gets oh. most motion sickness, so I can relate to that. But she's got the Dixie Stampede, which is also like a restaurant that has Dolly-inspired meals. Pirate's Voyage, which is more like a a theme, okay. a, a pirate's theme dinner theater type of thing. Um, she's got her Dollywood Foundation. She's got the Imagination Library. I still, I think that my takeaway with her after her book, it was dream more, learn more, be more, and care more. She is big on celebrate the dreamer in you. Each of us have that dreamer in us really spoke to me in the book be around people who give you energy and energy vampires stay away from right, yeah the energy vampires they she compared it to putting a monkey on your back a lot of her little quips are just yeah. super i like the visual <laughs> it is and and i i just really i could appreciate that because for me i say you know toxic whatever but for dolly she's just like bad energy it's a monkey on your back get rid of the monkey move on yeah feel-good story this week, kind of tying back into Dolly and her love of uh, reading and education. Mm -hmm. I heard about this nonprofit called World Reader. It gives kids access to hundreds of free books, especially those most in need, and it's all online. Which is so great because now with COVID, a lot of people can't get to the library, but even without COVID, you have kids that just can't afford to get to the city library to get books to read. Exactly. I... I love these stats. As of March 2021, they have logged 17,577,004 readers. Wow. Some readers that they've given books they've to? They've logged, yeah. 
And then these are the reading hours, 123,232,510. Wow. And that's just the ones that are logged. Right. So I'm sure there are, there are others. hours and, out there that and they haven't the logged. And that have been read is 60,006,403. So I just, I love Very the numbers. It's just yeah. kind of rolling on their website. But Dolly would be proud. <laughs> they're changing the lives of readers in 48 countries. And wow. so now uh-huh. with COVID, they've been kind of focusing at home mm-hmm. and partnering with some grassroots programs. Mm-hmm. For example, pivoting. Pivoting. Like we yeah. yeah. In Appalachia, on a Zoom call, the author David Pilkey of Dogman and Captain Underpants. I don't know if your kids <laughs> read those. I, I think I bought them for my kids thinking that they would and then they didn't, but I it, very popular with my nephews, yes. Yeah, it's pretty cute. It's like, you know. As he was saying, reading is a low-cost way of seeing something. And mm-hmm. we really need that right now. Yeah. We yeah. need the story. We need to go yeah. outside. To get outside of our own little worlds. Yeah, exactly. And especially with the statistics of kids falling behind due to this distance learning. Mm-hmm. I think it's really cool. Which we don't even know those stats yet. We don't, know Or what that's going to yeah. look like. Yeah. But after checking out the World Reader website, I saw a story that highlights a teacher. And he's part of a... It's called Crest Lee, meaning Growing and Learning Program. It's in Peru. The teacher, Jose Luis Paco, I'm going to mispronounce his last name, Anaco. He teaches fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And these students are in desperate need. And they some of them suffer even from malnutrition. And because of that, they're, they're short in stature. Yeah. But none of this has kept them from learning. He uses BookSmart app, mm-hmm. and which allows access to books in multiple languages, which is really cool, too. Mm-hmm. So you not only are getting access to the book, but it's covering multiple languages. Hmm. And they're, and these books are also culturally relevant. Mm-hmm. It also has a teacher and student-friendly app and a dictionary. So there's some other cool learning tools. Learnings, yeah. 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 And the, th- the cool thing, this runs on a smartphone or a tablet. I just love the accessibility. Yeah. That it's you can get it anywhere. Especially with the the newer generation that that is everything for the, for me I like paper I do too but and I like a, the newer, I like a book yeah, I, mean, I like to flip the pages <laughs> I do too I love the smell of books and all of that but but for kids now yeah. they it's it's all a screen right it's all digital very cool like and subscribe follow transgender inspiration on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs>